and that uh, that stupid fucking rat singing. It's like oh yeah, the kid, the kid didn't really didn't enjoy as much. I expect to be able to listen to Disney songs outside of the context of the movie and enjoy them because they're good fucking songs. I don't often, but I expect to be able to, and that is a fucking classic, and there's no way I would ever listen to the Bill Murray version outside of outside of the making. Yeah. And that says nothing about the autotune disaster that is Be Our Guest. And I have not heard any of those songs. I've only I've not watched a movie I've only heard heard that song yeah uh, I went to see that in theaters mm. I actually saw the 3D version of that um, how'd that go well I accidentally brought an epileptic girl to that movie <laughs> um, so it went well it went poorly how <laughs> in that aspect but uh, actually the viewing aspect as well was not that great <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it was like color vomit Honestly, was, I, maybe I was being extra sensitive because I was trying to like see what was going on with her as well. But mm-hmm. uh, in general, like just visually, that movie is—it's just so many like bright pastel colors over and over again to the point mm. where it just like it feels like toxic at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like visually, also the the CGI in that movie is blatant throughout. Really, there's not a landscape. Like Beast just looks bad. Does Beast? How does it? How does Beast look throughout it? He's he's done through CGI, isn't he? Yeah, but and like the can like the can like all he's the kinda, different. He's pretty deep in the uncanny valley. Like it's pretty apparent that he's just like a human that a bunch of different techniques have been used to make him seem beast-like from being used. He doesn't feel like he occupies a space in the frame. He doesn't have that problem in CGI where it just feels like they're floating off right nonsense. But like he, he has a physical space to him, and that that's not an issue. But uh, as far as his emotions and everything, he he runs the the sad gamut pretty well. So mm-hmm. I guess the plot comes across in that aspect. But he he isn't able to be particularly three dimensional because of how disjointed the uh, animation is on him. Uh, it know, doesn't take you out of it looking <sighs> at him. It doesn't completely take you out of the plot, but it does take you out of being able to reason with this character a uh, whole lot. And that's kind of an issue. Which is what the whole movie hinges on. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to you wanna feel the beast's pain. You want to see the tragic situation mm. that he's being put in. If you, can't, if you can't relate to the beast, then Belle is just Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. and that story does not work. And it especially doesn't play well look something up. Yeah. Hmm? Especially doesn't play well now. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, a story that uh, Guillermo del Toro is, is. It's a movie that he's coming out with. That reminds me of Beauty and the Beast, but it's. Uh, are you just gonna look it up? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. It's what I what I do over here. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, uh, he's coming out with a very uh, Beauty and the Beast kind of story. At least I, from I watched the trailer a couple months, like at least a month ago, and it's instead of it being like an actual beast, it's a like a fish person, and he looks a lot like uh, you've seen Hellboy, right? Yeah. Abraham. Okay. In Hellboy, yeah. the water, the water guy. 
the creature from the Black Lagoon looking kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, Are you looking it up? Yeah. I'm on his. Um, something. It's something something water. The Shape of Water? Yeah. The Shape of Water. Word. Uh, it says 2017. So I guess it's soon. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, like, I saw, I saw, like, the actual poster for it at Cinemark. Oh, word. The other day, yeah. But, okay. I, I was thinking Art House film. To, to wrap, to wrap around, um, I'm, I'm definitely, again, just worried about it in, in general, um, because it's, like, there's no, there's no human, so it's just gonna be a, a CGI fucking yep. fuck fest. The entire thing. Mm-hmm. But, and a Timon and Pumbaa is another thing I'm super, super hesitant about. Yeah, uh, but A, they, they've sucked at reinterpreting the songs, and B, these songs are so much lighter in, in tone for the, for the most part. Like, I worry about Huna Makata. Makata? Makata. <laughs> Huna Makata. Huna Makata. Hakuna. Or, uh... Hakuna Matata. Matata. It means Come no on. worries. It's a... What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> or the... <laughs> the, uh, fucking, um... The fat... The pig's, pig song. The fucking... Who wow. Hunger, hunger, I can juice and meat. Even buddy poop here because you have a treat. Like, that... Those little, like, little moments in, in there, like... Are so it's such a musical <laughs> I've movie. I've got a lovely bunch of yeah, coconuts. Do, 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 there they are, standing in a row. Bum bum bum. Yeah, the the two like the little duo yeah. between the two of them. It's was a small world after all. <laughs> no no no. Anything but that. That's Jeremy Irons that does Scar. Same guy that plays Alfred in Justice League and Batman vs Superman. It's a big name. But uh, I think now's depends on what text you write it in. I guess a yeah, good old time, much. good old time to say hello. I say Welcome to Phantom Nonsense, Classic Edition. I am Zach. I'm Aaron. I'm also Nolan. Uh, we've already we we've already been off to a good start. Yeah. One thing since we uh, already started talking about Disney, Incredibles two. I am super excited about. Yeah. Have you seen the first Incredibles? Oh yeah, many, many, many times. Same, same. It's the the only part that is kind of like uh, they waited a an incredibly long time to actually come out with this, and it's going to. Whenever the movie ended, their youngest kid was still a baby. Right. And it's been, I don't even know what year that. I wonder they. What what year did that movie come out? Is Jax, I wanna say? What? Jax? Jax. Is that another his name? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm saying what year did the movie come out? Did Incredibles come out? Oh, early two thousands, I wanna yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, Probably yeah, definitely early two thousands, but I mean they waited an incredibly long time before <laughs> coming out with this sequel and just there's no there's no real time change in it all. We know they'll get Sam Jackson back. Oh yeah! Oh, he's most definitely. To be yeah, it's movie. it's Disney. Yeah, he's Mace Windu. It's yeah. Mace Windu. Mace. Two thousand four. Windu. <laughs> what? Oh four. Oh uh, four. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. yeah. Such a long time. Mm-hmm. Thirteen it's a, seasons. It's been a minute. There was a lot of clamor for a sequel to that movie too when it first came out. 
Oh, yeah. So it's, it's strange that it took them so long. I mean... They're usually the ones that, like, cash in immediately. Yeah. They're like, oh, you guys like that? Sequel. Uh, Sequel. And fans of the reboot as well. Un- yeah. Until you get to, you had to wait to long the, enough for Samuel Jackson to become a part of it. To get to the Cars franchise, sequel. you don't. There aren't that many sequels in uh, in Pixar. Like Toy Story is really the only one in Monster University that came quite a bit bit later. Um, I, I've never seen the one for uh, Monsters Inc. the the university yeah, one. Yeah, me either. Um, I just meant that they would like be ones to adhere to like fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, response. I don't know. Even even with some of the they've been around long enough, not have a perfect record anymore. Like as I said, Cars two and three. Um, but I never saw the sequels. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I yeah. could barely get through the first one. I did see Planes, though. I've not seen Planes. Not, I have a nephew. Not a Pixar movie. Just just to clarify, because right. I want to want to say that Pixar usually like they make really really goddamn good films. Um, so I can see like wanting to hold off on like one of their biggest properties. Like Incredibles is a great fucking movie, so I would be hesitant about following that up because Toy Story 2 managed to to take that and push it to the next level and I would honestly say that it's probably a better movie than the first one and the first one is just about perfect uh, and Toy Story 3 is a perfect close on that and I have mixed feelings about 4 but we'll see how it how it plays out but that was such a good rap on that story but point being that wait they're doing another one? Mm-hmm. yeah uh, let me see when that comes out uh, but point being that I can see the hesitation on following up a movie like The Incredibles and trying yeah, yeah. to make it and having a good story exactly yeah that it would be complicated to follow that up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad they took their time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 2019 for Toy Story four. Huh. Man, did you enjoy the third one? I did. It didn't. It's uh, my least favorite out of the three. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's good. It's. It's Return of the Jedi. Like yeah. it's a good little little button on it. The fact that they actually had the cast in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. A good button. Oh yeah. Most, like, yeah, definitely. But I, I feel like it, the it absolutely peaked in in Toy Story two. Um, the endings endings great of three. Like I said, it's it hits you yeah, emotionally right. on that. Andy giving the, away his toys. Yeah. yeah. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. But I wonder what that's going to mean. Going going forward, I'm guessing they're probably going to be at the preschool or wherever wherever it was. Um, but a lot of it did didn't latch on. Um, the first one is Buzz's story yeah. of of self identity and his you know his growth <laughs> and everything, and uh, the second one is. Is that for for Woody? Yeah, like, his self awareness and, and all of that, like his character arc and everything. So this one needs to be about Rex. Well, that's the, that's the thing about about the about the about the third one. Get over like his it's, fears. it's been a long time since I've watched since I've watched the third one. Everybody has issues. But which who is the like central thematic character of of the third one? Lotso, the the villain, the bear. Yeah, yeah, the guy who turns out to be the be the villain. So some we don't have like yeah, we get the most development on him. Yeah, we get so a, like a lot I, of his backstory. Um, so I think it, I think it it falls flat in some ways. It's definitely a good good film, but 
the weakest of the three, but I the Toy Story franchise is fucking phenomenal. And yeah. oh yeah, see, so yeah, I definitely is, still love number two. Yep, one of the only animated like things to make it like to a third one, and people still have a good devoted following. Mm-hmm. I still love Toy Story. Speaking, it's of, my least favorite, but I still enjoy it. It's your least favorite. Toy Story. Oh. Oh, Toy Story 3. Yeah. Okay, I thought, I thought you said, I still enjoy Toy Story. It's my least favorite. Never mind. No. Yeah, I thought you were saying you didn't like the first one. Uh, no, I love the first one. Right? Oh, man. You've got a friend in me. Man. <laughs> Did you know? Yeah, right. No, I, Jacob Boyd has a... Uh, I, I want to clarify. There are a lot of Jacobs around. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm laughing because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He has a vinyl of the entire Toy Story t- soundtrack. And it's all perfect, and it's all great, and then you get to the very end, and the very last song that's on there is You've Got a Friend in Me, mm-hmm. but it's a mariachi cover in Spanish. It's amazing. That's it fucking awesome. absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's... Do they address it at all? Like, is there like... No. <laughs> I mean, it says it's. I think it says something on the actual like. Uh, it doesn't cover say in the lighter notes like no. Randy Newman. No, okay. no, <laughs> no. It's it's still like it, it just says, yeah, that it's a mariachi. It's the mariachi cover remix. They couldn't get the rights to. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Randy exactly. Newman. And they although the rest of the rest of the record is Randy Newman songs, like yeah. it's basically a Randy <laughs> Newman album. But you got a friend in me is mariachi, just. Uh, it's a really good version of it though I enjoy it speaking of movie franchises that made it past three movies and still have a following we just watched the uh, the apparently the final Star Wars uh, Last Jedi TV spot yeah. before we started this making a big play out of this whole temptation with Rey thing mm-hmm. like almost to the to the point of uh Boy cried wolf and protested too much, kind of. Yeah, I think there's actually that struggle is actually going to happen. I definitely, I definitely think so, but I don't think there's any chance of of her coming out on the wrong side of it. I think moreover, it's uh, I think it's moreover Kylo coming into the good side of it. I really, if Kylo come, if Kylo redeems himself, a it does need to be in this movie, and b it needs the thought of it. 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 that becoming a more compelling thing. One. Exactly, I agree. Yeah. It being more of a it, like him starting to see the light side and and having to kill his mom. Like if we're going to if we're going to follow uh, patterns or whatever, like the rhyming scheme or whatever, George, um, then you would need to establish that there is a uh, some kind of thread to possibly redeem Kylo Ren in this movie. And I feel like they were probably setting that up because uh, Leia was supposed to have a much bigger role in Episode Nine. Yeah. So I feel like his connection to his mom could have been that that linchpin, just like Luke finding out that Vader was his father is a catalyst in Episode Eight that, or Episode uh, Five that kind of sets off like, okay, my he can be redeemed and all of that. But you have to, if they want to rhyme with Episode Five, which I feel like they they do to a certain extent. Then they need to have it needs to be kind of set up that there's humanity left in him in this movie, so they can expand on that in the in the last one. Mm-hmm. And if that was their intention with Leia's arc, 
then I wonder how they're going to pull that off. But if they do, then Kylo Ren should absolutely have to sacrifice himself. He's gone too far to have redemption and to just get off scot-free. Mm. Oh, yeah. A Zuko of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Avatar. Yeah. yeah. There's a debt to be paid. Yeah. I don't know. Zuko was more redemption than Kylo. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know about that. Who did who did Zuko really trample over? Multiple nations. I mean, Zuko himself didn't. He was well. He was a part of it. That's that's still how much of a part. Yeah, that's still. I mean, he used to be pretty bad. It wasn't until the story of Aang where he started to gain any sort of compassion. He was a victim, yeah, from his dad, but he never got to be that old. Yeah, he was just, yeah. just a kid that he only yeah. do so much so much damage. Like, right. I mean, Kyle, when you're trying to rule over an entire it's, it's planet, just, it's just it's impossible. I mean, it's really impossible to compare. Uh, you know, this kid who was basically brainwashed. You see how people are, are raised in the Fire Kingdom, and. Uh, who never really does himself anything that horrendous. You can't really compare that to someone who literally kills his own father to make himself more evil. Yeah. Like, yeah. and even even if, I mean, fuck, even if Zuko had killed Ozai, he'd deserve it. Yeah. Right. Ozai sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tiger dad. Tiger Dad? Yeah. It's Tiger Dad. But I'm definitely It's a thing. I'm definitely looking looking forward okay. to to what they what they do with that. Because I, yeah, I hope that, that it's I I hope that it it's a reflection of, of the older movies without being uh, too much of, of a repeat. Because mm-hmm. I expect yeah. thematic beats in Star Wars, that's the kind of movie that it is. It is it is mythos. Um you know, there's only so many stories you can tell with Hercules, but I definitely hope that it's um, some something fresh. And I'm I'm expecting to be really su- really surprised. I feel like there's a lot of subversion going on in the trailers and everything. I think an opportunity to do that would be for Ray to find that there are obvious. Uh, boons and detractions from the light and dark side, mm-hmm. yeah. and to find that the true virtue is balanced between the two. The gray Jedi, which I mean, feel. I feel the light, I feel the dark, I yeah. feel something else calling to me. Gray right. Jedi, yeah, yeah, like the the balance or uh, whatever. Yeah, Cygnus. About about the trailer, two things that I I super enjoyed, and they both coincide with each other really. Uh, I want to. I'm 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 super excited to see Luke actually train. Somebody, him going from being just the kid playing with a—I think it was a Y wing in the in the first episode, episode four—to now being an old man, contractually obligated to wear a beard, which would have never happened in the first in the first trilogy. And uh, second thing that coincides with it is in the trailer, whenever uh, he, had, he Ray is in the forefront, and. Right behind her, all you see is just like one shoulder, and oh, and I about said Obi Wan that goddamn fucking goatee. Uh, Luke's uh, Luke is just going like 
popping over her head, like popping over, but like behind her head and shoulder, just like this. And it just makes me think of Yoda mm-hmm. on uh, on Dagobah. Uh, yeah, on Dagobah. How do you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Dagobah. 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 No, like. Yoda being on his back. Mm-hmm. Run, 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 run jump. Too. I can be your backpack while you run. Run, run, run. Um, Master. No, I've, apparently, um, <laughs> Hamill knocked it out of, out of the park with this movie. I'm like, excited. What I keep hearing. I love Hamill. Hamill. Mark Hamill is so awesome. He is yeah. fucking great. Yeah. He's just a good guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looking forward to that uh, next month sometime we'll do a special review of that movie for the patrons we just recorded one for Justice League a couple days mm-hmm. ago we did. about to come out soon coming out this Saturday yeah that's what. Yeah. That's right we did set a date this Saturday for yep. one dollar on Patreon have the link down in the description yeah. some of us had huge boners for that movie some of us didn't I had a huge boner for that movie. Hmm. I am, I am just, man. I've been a huge one, boner. I've been one hundred percent DC boner since I was a child, and I'm DC over Marvel. Wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a boner since you were a child, like the Washington Monument. So, like, white and pointy at the end. Uh, yes. It honestly makes it makes it hard to talk about it. Tall and hard. With with moreover. I gotta twist your arm to get you out of any kind of objectivity. That's not whatsoever. true. Right? I mean, it just takes me a little bit longer. Like I said, I have to twist your arm to get you out of any <laughs> kind of objectivity whatsoever. But but ah, that's because I I see a lot of the animated movies, but the, or the animated even not no, the animated TV show. Moreover, in this latest movie, which we're not going to talk about. No, we are, we already discussed the movie, but I think we can discuss. Um, what this means going forward for the for the DCEU? Oh, oh, there's a there was a cool point in the movie that I felt was a nod to Gorilla Grodd uh, for the Flash. He says uh, the the languages that he can speak. I can't remember what the situation was, but he says it. He says, uh, you know, I, I only really speak English, and I can do sign language in Gorilla. Yeah. And that's Gorilla Grodd. Right, well, that could also be a nod to Coco, famous gorilla who does sign language. Should I know that reference better than do Gorilla Grodd or whatever? Gorilla Grodd? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of Flash's like main villains. It's like an invisible uh, city of in- super intelligent Gorilla City. Yeah. yeah, it's in, I mean, it's in the TV show, but yeah. I mean, it's still like a, it's a really, he's a it really a good reference. villain. Yeah. yeah, I thought that, I thought that was, I mean... Some, I don't think some kind of reference in there. Yeah, I don't think that was like guying at Gorilla Grodd being involved. I feel like he should be one of the main villains to be put into the, the Flash same. movie. Uh, yeah, because Gorilla Grodd is also one of the main members that ends up being in the Legion of Doom. Hold, hold on, is he an actual gorilla? Yes. Yeah, oh a... God, no. What you want to you want to make make these movies a laughing stock? Make the villain a gorilla. I fucking dare you. Well, the whole thing. <sighs> All right. That's like that's like Gorilla Grodd's point though. It's like he. They did him really well in the CW universe, right? 
There's like this, 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 this. They did Gorilla City of... really well in the in in that universe. Yeah, there's this community of gorillas that are hyper intelligent. They know that they're not going to be taken seriously by the rest of society. I mean, not only that, they can speak. And, yeah, like, no, and they, they can also they have a, not all of them, but a lot of them have telepathic powers. I'm just thinking yeah. of the way they can that control people's minds. I'm just thinking of the quality of character establishment that we've seen in the DCEU. Um, and they're failing it on every single possible attempt. I mean, and with a TV show, you have time to build things, you oh, can yeah. establish yeah. things. I feel like something like that—that that is, like, Marvel could pull could pull that off, but DC doesn't have the goodwill to do something uh, as they didn't talk about for like. I would really yeah. hope it would you be would like the to, first movie. You'd have to make the Flash movie very. It had to be down the road. I, I would not even think that. Them using Gorilla Girl okay, would be well, a good idea I, I for a first I, yeah. movie. Well, I mean, he just needs to be. He's such. I just a thought it was a good nod. I don't think it would oh, be yeah. a first movie. Okay, I thought yeah. that's okay. it's like Mirror Master I mean, or Captain I mean, Boomerang. I was going like, to say one of the best villains be there, that they could but, use yeah. would be Captain Boomerang because he was in Suicide Squad. Right. Mm-hmm. He was a part of that. I mean, and to bring those things together, I think would be a good idea. Or I mean, he has Mirror Master, Captain Boomerang, uh, the top. The trickster. Yeah, the trickster. Oh my god. You know, you know who's always voiced the trickster? Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yep. It's a snot gun. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, who else? Uh, I mean, obviously, Reverse Flash. Yeah. And there, it, it's always it's been a guarantee that Flashpoint is going to happen mm-hmm. in the future, and so that he means mentions what fucking... whatever that that means, like. That you that just because we're going to get a Flashpoint movie doesn't really mean that we're going to get Flashpoint. Flashpoint yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I assume some artistic license. Now, I definitely, I definitely expect some kind of soft reboot. I definitely yeah. feel like. So, yeah, I feel because I mean, a Ben Ben Affleck doesn't Batfleck doesn't want to be Batfleck mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Probably, he's probably going to want to try to end it, mm-hmm. and using Flashpoint. They could change the way the universe works, and we get a younger Batman. Yeah, and we get and fix some things that the but, older movies. But up. I mean, if that's gonna come out, we already have other movies planned before that. Right. Why would they make more movies just because, to change it? Because those movies are already in production, so they can still take the. But I'm sorry, I'm thinking about it as I'm saying it. Uh, they could take the same characters and change them a little bit like Aquaman mm-hmm. have it in you know in this in Justice League it shows that he doesn't take any part of Atlantis at all mm-hmm. but I mean if Flashpoint changes the universe a bit maybe he's been king for a while maybe his mother right. died forever like forever ago and he was greatly impacted by it and he is also, a king a big part of Aquaman to me is that he's been this just like silent ruler Aware of the surface world, yeah, but just adhering to it. It depends on what universe you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like I was actually thinking about Batman braving the bold for a second. Oh wow! (laughs) Um, Their take on a lot of the different heroes is just super comedic. (laughs) Yeah, very, very much so. Very Uh, much so. Very much in the comedy, moreover than like. Yeah, uh, Aquaman. Yeah, 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 the campy. It's very campy. Aquaman's kind of a, a good example of my of my concern, though. Um, spoilers for our, our review. 
uh, pretty much unanimous, Aquaman fucking sucks in this movie. He doesn't suck, he's, but he's not the best. He's the worst out of all of them. The, he's the worst out of suck, which means he sucks. No, the movie does not suck. I didn't say he did. I'm just saying the characters suck. But anyway... The, all the characters? On a certain level, yeah. yeah. No, I disagree. Mm. Uh, we can't. That was kind of like a flaccid, like... Some. I... He, even, uh, even Wonder Woman there is such just a deflated charm. feeling in these DC movies that are coming out recently. That's because it's just like the moral standpoint of it now. Like like Marvel's already made their universe, so, so they just give DC no chance to try to do the same it's not thing. So no, that's that, that is fucking bullshit. I know they could make better they have movies. The biggest fucking characters they could make. I mean, man of it's so hard. We talked about and, this. Yeah, if they had. Instead of Batman vs. This is the biggest mistake. Instead of Batman vs. Superman, if they had had a Batman movie, a Wonder Woman movie, and a Superman movie, the Trinity, and established those who they're supposed uh, to be, yeah. and going going into this, and then make something on that level, mm-hmm. introduce these new characters, right? Because yeah. it's like, yes, I am. I'm disappointed. The more I think about it, like how little we we got with. Uh, Cyborg and, and Flash and Aquaman as far as like character development and everything right. like they're a little bit better than Wonder Woman I feel like still having having them in that like it would be Superman I would say Wonder Woman and then Batman mm-hmm. and then I would still enjoy ma- them making a Justice League movie after you could have made I mean change some things but make mm-hmm. this movie but if you have those three established and who they're supposed to be not yeah. they're all leading up to this movie where they fully establish their characters then you have the room to develop the other, the the lesser yeah, characters. Even on, just on the with team. three of them, instead mm-hmm. of having to do. I mean, that's just the same way. I mean, the but, Marvel Cinematic Universe worked. Most of them were introduced, and then they and, gave a few more. And they had like D-list fucking characters at that point. No one gave a shit about Iron Man when they made that movie, you know. And but they yeah. did it well enough to like. I mean, yes, all these people cared, but he was not. Like he's not sp- he's not he's, he's whatever not Spider Man or Wolverine yeah, like right. those are the char- those are the uh, Batman and Superman of the Marvel universe those are the ones people everybody knows those characters I feel like and we, they didn't have those characters and they still managed to Wonder Woman has been the Iron Man like mm-hmm. movie wise of the, like of the universe like I'll, of I'll somebody whenever it. whenever they whenever they're going to establish a character that is Wonder Woman. It will always be Gal Gadot. Yeah. Gal Gadot at, at this point. Yeah, yeah, I know. Fucking, fucking great. And again, I really like uh, Cavill as Superman. I can tell in his eyes that he just wants. He to, loves it. He wants he loves to it. be just. There is the Boy Scout Superman. So he did so bad. He did an inter- interview recently. Whenever they, uh, I was reading a whole bunch about Man of Steel two, and uh, the the guy who directed the Kingsman, I can't remember his name. Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's going. Uh, there have been a lot of talks about him taking the helm of Man of Steel two. I feel like he has really good over the top. Like, the cinematography. Yeah, would work yeah, well. Very, very well. And the, the uh, scope of all that, he, the intensity of the yeah the scenes. They they talked to Henry Cavill about it, and uh, one thing that he was saying was like, <clears throat> with this next film. They're going to be able to go like, they're actually going to get to portray Superman in the way that Superman should be, 
like uh, how like that didn't more lighthearted say, and didn't they say that about Justice League too though? And they, it got it definitely better. It's the beginning. Like it, it's yeah. they're they're pulling them. It's they're making up for a mistake. Yeah, just like Bat. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's just like Batfleck said at the at the end of the movie. Spoiler again. <laughs> God damn it. But no, I feel like the the further we get, you already see in Justice League. Just Superman's suit alone is a lighter is a lighter shade of blue. I mean, ev- 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 everything is it's so fucking like color corrected and that everything's so color corrected. It's better. It's better. It's it's better as far as like being an accurate tone. It's not better as far as you use certain lighting because you you know how the movie is going to get edited in post. Yeah, welcome back. Or maybe we didn't go anywhere. Who knows? Um, so there's a Holly Quinn animated series coming up on the uh, DC's streaming service they've got coming out. Um, it's uh, I think it's the only thing they've announced so far besides Titans and uh, the Young Justice uh, re- not mm-hmm. reboot revival. Um, but let's see what we can. Mm-hmm. I wonder, where, like, where that's gonna start in her story. The mm. the series will be written and executive produced by uh, Halpern Schumacher. Mm. And oh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a cartoon. Though, yeah, that it works there. Um, we'll focus on Holly after she finally ends her love slash partner and ends things with her love slash partner in crime, the Joker. As she attempts to become the criminal queen pin of Gotham City. So, uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for? A villain's journey, yeah. kind of, kind of story. Those are always fun. Hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if they're able to step away from this weird fan interpretation from the last. I feel like. Have you seen Batman and Harley Quinn? No. They they can. I think and I think they will. Oh yeah. Okay. That that's still very much your classic, uh, bat like Harley Quinn. Every co- uh, cartoon interpretation I've seen has maintained her. Like she, they haven't done. Okay. Um, is a more Suicide like, Squad yeah. Harley? In, yeah. In the they they know that was a mistake. Okay. That makes me more confident about the series. You were saying? Oh, they are. Wait, are they actually gonna redo Harley Quinn? Is that what you're saying? Hmm. You said that, that like they knew that how they did uh, Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad was a mistake. Uh, I I I just mean that they're not going to take that a- adaptation. It's not going to be like, um, you know, where you can see the. We watched X Men Evolution a little bit mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and you can see like the influence of trying to make it look like like the movies because they were successful. Yeah, you're not going to get that with with the Joker or Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. You're not going to see like bling on the 
on the Joker like that in in a cartoon okay. movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. they know that that was um, well, at least enough. It was a misstep enough enough to not uh, continue down that path and like put a shine a light on it, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got the two big discussions left to have. Um, one sixteen. One sixteen and episodes or chapters one through five or six <laughs> of of Ruby. It was six this week, wasn't it? Yep. Five, yeah, five six. Yeah. So yeah. the first, presumably half. I think it's either twelve or fourteen episodes this volume. Mm-hmm. Um. But you guys decide which one you want to talk about first. I use the rest of the year. I mean, mainly for one sixteen, I want to talk about the coolest Kamehameha wave. Yeah. I have ever seen. Wrecked, wrecked Kefla. I oh wanted yeah. To, I wanted to build that, but you're goddamn right. That was. Uh, I was sweet. like, it just. Uh, I wanted to build to it as well, honestly. But oh man. He. He like. On, like the the Kamehameha wave was a skateboard, and he grinded <laughs> on he grinded on it like a rail, just yeah. ha! Ah, oh, it was perfect. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, and it's I, I've never seen a Kamehameha like instant transmission Kamehameha wave versus cell. The first time I saw that, that was really cool, but nothing compared to. The Ultra Instinct just, you can't, like, she even says, you can't dodge in midair, and he's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm, <laughs> bet me money. Like, why couldn't I? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Goku's the best whenever it comes to, like, messing with other people's key, honestly, because, like, you, you they're uh, in something, I can't remember, like, when it happens, but Goku just straight grabs some, like, somebody's energy ball and just squeezes it and just... <laughs> No, oh, he's a prodigy. It's wonderful. Pretty savant, sure he, really. I'm pretty sure he's a little bit autistic. Yeah, like yeah. a savant. Yeah. I um. I really, I really enjoyed this little batch of episodes. I'm sad that it's this little side piece is over, um, because now we're just back to sitting in the waiting room for Goku and Jiren to fight again. Yeah. I love how the only frames that Jiren is in, he just sort of like wakes up, and you're like, oh, Jiren's gonna be a thing again, right. obviously. <laughs> I was, and uh, then he's just like, somebody asked him something, he says nothing. Thanks. Oh, nah. well, yeah. The, yeah <laughs> Thanks Go- for that one. Goku goes right out of Ultra Instinct, so he's like, mm. oh, damn. Maybe I should go back into meditation. I'm gonna have to wait a little while before I become interested in this. At least, like, uh, what are, what are we at? 17 or 19 minutes? I think I said 17 last. 17? It won't be until they get to five minutes, and then Jiren and him will start fighting again. And that will be T-minus 15 episodes. Or more. Or more. Or more. But... There's still a lot of people. um, And I really enjoyed um, the way that they escalated Goku and, and pushed him to Ultra Instinct. A lot... The fight was... Great. Uh, I the buildup was wonderful. I, I think. I Kale's fan service, but she's super strong, and mm-hmm. I fucking adore Cauliflower. So yeah. giving basically giving Cauliflower's personality with Kale's power 
on the money for me. Um, I do have to complain about the fact that we were, um, that her going Super Saiyan 3 in this arc was firmly established oh. that, like, it was building to that. It's, like, for me, it's, like, if it would, how would you feel if instead of, after all the talk about uh, Vegeta about Super Saiyan and I'm the Super Saiyan and you're the Super Saiyan, we're all Super Saiyans, hey, um, <laughs> if Goku had gone Ozaru and beat, beaten Frieza, or if the Spirit Bomb had beaten Frieza, hmm. and Super Saiyan had showed up against Cell or something way down way down the line, like it's established now as relevant in this arc, in this moment, mm -hmm. and then you don't pay it off. Yeah. Or, you know, I, like, I think that's one of the things I feel like ever since Cell, Gohan has been just downward slope with a few peaks, but yeah. leading up to Cell, Gohan is like the Dusex Machina MacGuffin of, or whatever, of, of DBZ. They make a huge deal out of Gohan's potential yeah. and him being the most powerful and it pays off in the fight with Cell. Mm -hmm. Like, and as cool as uh, Super Saiyan Berserk is and as cool as the fusion was in the fight and as much as I don't even like Super Saiyan 3, like, I don't like that the design or the, the idea of it and, and the philosophy behind it. Yeah. Um... But it was, it was established, and they didn't do it with the character, and I'm I'm disappointed that I'm sure that they they will in the future. But the fact that they didn't in this arc, whenever it was like, kind of just put out put out there, like that's that's one of those kind of signs of of um, of weak narrative that I feel like is kind of indicative of of, of Dragon Ball. Those kind of th those kinds of things. But again really really enjoyed the fight and taking myself out of of that as aspect of it of foreshadowing and how narrative structure works um the the payoff was still was still great for for the for the character um I, as a fan of universe six i am very very worried right now hmm. very very worried I think the only chance they have of not getting erased is Vegeta. Well, I I've, I definitely think that they're going to come back. I definitely think that they've spent too much time on those on those characters and developed them already too much more than anybody else in the in the arc that isn't just punch fodder. Yeah. Um, like they're not they're not going to bring back Jiren or. Uh, anything like anything like that after this is over. There's nothing more to do with him. There's really nothing to do with him now. But yeah. that aside, um, I think the, the the only chance Universe Six has of survival is if Piccolo absorbs the Universe Six Namekians and adds them to the because then technically, I don't know if they'd be if they'd be dead because it's not it's not a com it's not a combat move. That's not like yeah. You know, he could They're even, still on the stage. Exactly, exactly. He could even, even say no. Like, and obviously Piccolo is going to get eliminated eventually. Yeah. But, but then, 
another. Yeah, like what does that what does that mean if 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 Piccolo absorbs um, teal and aqua, and and then he gets knocked off. So Universe Six, all of their fighters are knocked off, mm-hmm. and Zeno goes to destroy them all. But two of them exist as part of of Piccolo. He can't do it because then he's yeah. taking away. And he wouldn't do that to Goku's universe. No. He cares for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Zeno sees in Goku the only more aloof being <laughs> he's ever come across <laughs> than himself. Uh, what? I mean, really, not much else happened. It's kind of, I don't know, it's hard to remember that episode because we went and watched Justice League between that episode and shooting this podcast, so it's kind of hard to remember uh, the fine details of, of Super. I probably should have re- rewatched it uh, going into this. I mean, seeing him fight in Ultra Instinct was really nice. Yeah, it definitely was. was cool. Seeing it in, in that scale was really well done. Uh, one thing, like him, uh, he was falling, and you just see him like bend his legs yeah, and his like feet go his into the rock yeah. to slow him down as she's falling. And like it just has that slow mo <laughs> like, of her going, yeah, like dragon. Yeah, exactly. She like you just see that slow mo of him just like straight faced, mean mugging her, like going yeah. upside down, and mm-hmm. just her go, oh shit, and just Whoa! yeah, yeah. Even even though his attacks were weaker, because he, even though he's in Ultra Instinct, he's still Goku and he's still thinking about it. Right. So his actual attacks, he's thinking about when to attack. The old the actual movement, is has come naturally and easily to him. But being able to, yeah, punch or hit, has has been complicated yeah. for him to try to switch from that. To know when to hit. It. That's why he needed to use the Kamehameha wave. No, no, he used the no. Yeah, he needed to use the Kamehameha wave so like he can move freely while charging. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know why that's so so confusing for some some people. Like Weiss very firmly explained it throughout throughout the series. Oh yeah. Like Ultra Instinct is literally what it what it says. That's why I made the joke about. Super Saiyan woke because it's really the complete opposite of that. It's not the self awareness. It's it's moving past the point of someone's punching me, so I'm going to dodge super fast, or someone's shooting a a, a key blast at me, so I'm going to block it super fast. It's uh. your body just reacting to it yeah. on its on its own, yeah. and that's a lot easier to do defensively than it is to do it offensively where there's strategy involved and everything and to just go from one attack to a, to another and just uh, you know to use the um, martial arts cliche to flow like water and to just you know just yeah. go from one thing to another and not not think about it but that's what ultra instinct is which is really cool because there's so much of Dragon Ball that's rooted in martial arts lore and mm-hmm. yeah and that has been kind of like pushed back by just bigger and uh, badder key blasts and you know like 
planet spirit bombs and universal spirit bombs and multiversal spirit bombs and mm-hmm. you know just like everything is getting bigger and bigger in this pseudo sci-fi fantasy way to come back to a core uh, martial arts philosophy yeah is is really refreshing that is what's cool about this transformation is it's entirely strategic and fundamental mm-hmm. to the approach of the combat that's happening yeah. it's not necessarily like a physical like scale increase on like the amount of damage you're able to inflict right. it's uh, about the ideas behind the way you're approaching the and I feel like once he's able to master the the physical aspect of Ultra Instinct he's going to be able to make devastating hits oh Oh, absolutely! He only knows how to move in that in that ability. He doesn't know how to fight as well. Mm-hmm. He, like pretty much all of Ultra Instinct that you've seen has been him dodging. I, I, Everything else has been same kind and of fighting. The, the coolest thing about Ultra Instinct is it's not. God key and it's not a Saiyan transformation. It's something anybody can do. Anybody can do, and it's not necessarily to me. It doesn't seem to be attached to to power. Is yeah. It's a it's a mental thing more than more than anything. Yeah. Anybody with the right and you know, Dragon Ball has always shown that mental training can be more taxing than physical training could ever possibly be. But anybody with the right training um, could do that, which opens up older characters to having relevance again, which is great. Um, I think for us, uh, and you can can probably relate relate to this too, I know you played in, obviously you played in bands together before, but uh, did you ever play play shows and stuff and perform? Yeah. Okay, so you you can relate to that feeling of everything's going off going off the rails. We're, like we talked about the last show, we're speeding up. We're slowing down. You go back and watch the footage. We're we're, we're fine. fine yeah. We're fucking on uh, on point. Yeah. Like that to me is the closest I can make to what Ultra Instinct is. Like it it's beyond the point of thinking about it. That is yeah. just it's like feeling the natural ebb and flow of just circumstance. Mm-hmm. It's it's like breathe. It's like breathing at yeah. this point, and that's where Goku is as as a fighter. That he can detach himself from, at least defensively, from the uh, from the fight and just let his his instinct take over because he's done this a thousand times. Yeah, maybe not yeah. on this scale, maybe not with this strong of a fighter, but he wasn't as strong back then, and he still overcame it. Right. I went back and watched the first episode of Dragon Ball today, just because I was feeling nostalgic after mm-hmm. having rewatched. It's so great. I know. And. The, I didn't realize they like immediately hit on like so many thematic elements in that. <laughs> Just, but it's it's weird seeing like the complete detachment from the like brightness of it. Mm. This last episode, things change. It's so it's so uh, it's so whip like. So what like? Whip like? Yeah. It's like it's faster, you know. Power levels are so high, man. <laughs> you can hardly keep up now, you know? Krillin can't even see what's going on. Right. Which, I mean, I guess we have to forgive him for constantly being the one to shout Goku! Exactly what's All happening the time. and being so surprised. Man, he hasn't really yelled for 18 once. Uh, 18 was injured. 
Yeah. And there, there was, there was a like screaming for eighteen. Yeah, he hasn't. He's said more about Goku. He gives yeah. more shit. Speaking of things that Krillin hasn't seen, so we're six weeks into Volume Five of Ruby. Hmm. Krillin hasn't seen Ruby. I guarantee it. Prove me wrong. That's a fair assumption. Segways are weird. Uh, how are you feeling about this this volume so far, Nolan? Uh, we've lost a little bit of steam in these past couple episodes, mm-hmm. I think. There have been some developments, of course, but... Yeah. Uh, That's what this season's been about, majorly. Right. There's, yeah. there's less dynamics in these last couple episodes. Like, uh... It feels like we're kind of slowing down, re-acclimating the characters together because now we've gotten a reunion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a nice moment. It was, oh yeah. I feel like the the Weiss and Yang one was better. That was. Oh better. no, I liked that. I bawled at Ruby. Oh Ruby. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Right. She immediately drops all that. Yeah. That was. <laughs> That made me tear up more than the the Weiss and Yang. Mm. But Oh yeah, at the end of the hug and then Weiss like slowly like creeping up a little bit and then just like, Come on, get and, in here, get in this. And uh I can't wait for Blake to oh man, when Blake comes comes around I can't wait for that four way hug. It's gonna be so it's gonna be so tender. I I, I feel like and that's just a good example of, of show don't tell that firmly show so well uh, in that moment how much Weiss missed her teammates. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, um, we had an off-camera off discussion a few weeks ago about about that, and I definitely feel like that that was there, uh, not to the extent of, of it really changing Weiss's character, and really, I don't think that it ever really showed until that moment of, oh, wow, she, like, no, Weiss really, really, really loves them. Like, they're really, they're family. really, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're a family. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to, one of those things, it's hard to see until you leave and come back. I mean, who you're, you can see that she's changed in yeah. volume four. Very much so. You can see that she has a different outlook than things were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had already but, like wanted to rebel against her dad. She's but at her this first point, taste of like a comfortable, yeah, pure so, something that feels nice and not forced like it is with her father and yeah. her sister and her brother. Yeah. It's not forced on her at it's all. Not an it's, obligation as much. At as first, it, is. it was. Everything felt like an obligation to her, and then being around them just started to feel natural. It started to feel good, right. and that. That made her to family. And I don't think that she realized that until she was away from them and then saw them again yeah. and came came back and just that oh, that moment is just so fucking beautiful. Um, and Crow in this last episode, I really loved Crow's. Um, oh my god! Um, on the second or third time watching it, it just it really sunk in with me. So, Crow is out looking for, uh, for Huntsman to to help them fight against the White Fang in Salem to defend uh, yeah. Haven. Yeah, they're all gone on search and rescue missions, 
everybody. They're they're all they're all missing. Like mm-hmm. everybody in the kingdom. And I've got ahead of myself. First first time you see him, he's um he's asking a bartender or something yeah. about him and he's like, you know, you you see him, you tell him he owes me money. Yeah. Goes goes through, tries to tries to find people, finds no one, goes back. Now it's hard to gauge what the like what the scale of of money is here. We're supposed to compare right. it to dollars or yen or, or yeah. whatever. But he's like, you know, he owes me this sixteen thousand or, or something. Right. It just feels significant. It, it feels, feels like it feels it feels significant. And Crow comes in, throws his card down, and says his name's clear. Yeah. Like just to clear the name of of a fellow huntsman. Like keep. Keep his name out of your mouth. Like yeah. he he hasn't done you he hasn't done you wrong anymore. It, his debt settled. Like that was such a good moment of of just establishing just how good of a character Crow is. Mm-hmm. And fucking now I'm worried about him. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Care oh, too no, much. He's... Don't want to get hurt again. Don't want to get pierced. I don't think that they're going to risk his life this season. I don't either. I don't either. I feel like that. Yeah, maybe next season. I but... feel like so because that's going to probably be the. If we're going to get twelve, I, which I think is it's either ten or twelve that we already that are planned and and written as far as like the basic like structure where the story goes. Um. And we had Beacon. If this ends up being centered on Haven and the next one on well, the other two kingdoms, uh, can whichever direction they go the story in, I imagine this arc will wrap up next season. So I could definitely, I definitely see some kind of big death next season, and possibly this one too. Um, and I definitely feel like that it's, it's definitely hit hit a low point as far as the speed and pace of it. But I like that because it slows down and lets you kind of like have a moment with the characters for a little bit. And um, if the if past seasons of Ruby are anything to go off of, then that means we're about to hit the ramp. You know, we're about to sh- about to shoot up and have some kind of big mid season moment. Yeah, the um, shit is fan adjacent. Mm-hmm. It's season five to season six. I feel like they're gonna. It's like uh, red versus blue, the big change. Uh, no, no, the big change happened in season four. Season season four is a completely different tone. Even taking away the the uh, fact that it's not it's done in Maya and it's everything like is a different palette and everything. Yeah. The even if it was done the same way. It looks and feels so much different to Volume One through Three. The funny thing is, to me, Volume. F- I'm not. I don't, I don't see that. How do you not? Like, it's, it's so like. Beacon is so summer, and Volume Four and Five have been so fall. Like uh, it's, it's. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I was not thinking about Ruby just then. I was thinking about Red versus Blue, mm. <laughs> seasons one through five. Oh, oh no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, see, that's where I was like, no, no. Oh, obvious, obviously, yeah. 
No. Um, no, we're in agreement. Yeah. By far. Then. Um, no, uh, I'm curious if we're gonna get Blake into Haven by the end of this, I'm, or if she's gonna stay separate for another they, season. They've they've already established. I think that I think Blake's gonna get captured because mm. they've they've established that Adam's not gonna kill her. So. Yeah, yeah, I think they're yeah they're gonna get her. Yeah, and Bumblebee needs its moment against. Uh, Against Adam, I feel like Gang and Blake both have a score to settle yep. with Adam. Uh, that's going to be an awful moment whenever Gang sees him again. Yeah, it's going to be hardcore. I don't know who it's going to be more awful for, her or him, because the first both. time—well, I mean, the first—I mean, the last time that you see them in a thing together uh, in Volume Four, she's like, she's that that, that hallucination or a dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he messed her up. She still she still has shaky hand. Right. All through like she's you've seen it a few times yeah. in season five. She's she's got shaky hand pretty hard. Right. Yeah. But Yang having anger towards someone to me says she's got. Th- she has more them. than just anger right. against but him though. She's got a deep seated fear. Yeah. Well, I mean. No, but, it's a fear of him. Yeah. yeah that abs- can absolutely. fuel your anger for sure. But the thing is, she already did that. She already pulled her trump card of of getting angry, and it didn't didn't work that's yeah. the whole like learning point with yeah. with Yang that's right. she not she approach it yeah like that's like not this. she can't always rely on on that and so they're not going to use that with with Atnot she's going to get get pissed and she's going to have that moment but, but she's right. going to find the clarity in it and it's either going to either gonna find the clarity or it's going to be another another hump to get she, to get over she loses another arm <laughs> This time she gets no. This time she gets laser nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I feel like she's gonna overcome it. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but will that be this season? Right. I feel like that might go to the next one. That I feel like that's something that should have a big enough build up. I feel like some. I feel like honestly. Um, I feel like we might get get a good payoff for for Blake this season, even if that ends up in her being her leading the charge of of the reformed White Fang or whatever against Adam's branch, yeah. and ends up getting captured in the same way that we got much needed uh, stabilization and growth and just um, just. An image, an idea of really who Ren is in the yeah. last in the last volume. Oh yeah, I feel like we're gonna get another one of those small, huge character moment uh, ends to this to this volume. Wow, that seems like a. I mean, that's a overall thing that happens each yeah. season. Yeah. Like, which the first one was, Blake and Weiss were the center of of that one. Um. Second season was really Team Ruby overall. Oh yeah. Um, Still probably my favorite season. Yeah, and third, it, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and third is everybody because it's a finale season, so it has it's I mean, bigger and scarier. I feel like Pira. Absol- absolutely, absolutely. It takes takes full hold in that right. season. 
most of for most of it. Most of it. She's like a huge platform. Once you once you hit once you hit close like a a bit before the middle part of the season, like halfway to the end, hits her. She's she's not a driving force in the plot though. She's like reacting to her position in it. Yeah, not I mean yeah, not in the plot, not like the exposition that happens. She's just like kind of there to have to deal with what's happening. Right. It's it's about how she has to deal with it. She is the main spot in the especially towards the end of it. In one in one aspect, but not on the level of like Ruby our, is the main spot. Like Yeah. Oh, and, it's yeah, it's Ruby. Well, well, not on not on the level of these are our four main characters. They have to get from here to here. And this scary thing is blocking their way. And Ren's dealt with it before. He has past trauma with it. It killed his fucking parents and his entire village. Mm-hmm. And he inevitably has to be the one to defeat it and save them so they can move past that and carry on. Pira does not, and really no one else ever has that much of a like direct impact. Oh, yeah. So um, something like to their history. Yeah, and like, like your actions affect our ability to continue the main line of line of the story. Like if Pierre had said no, they would have found another guardian. Right. You know, like or would have taken. She a may have lived. Dying. Right. But, and that is why Superman would definitely be Batman, in any fight whatsoever. Uh, uh yeah, but they're not. Get Team Ruby, all of the, all of them together, versus Superman. Versus Superman, Superman's got it in the in the bag. Yeah, exactly the body bag because he's dead. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in once again to another episode of uh, Phantom Nonsense. I'm Zach. I'm Aaron, and I'm also Nolan. And we will see you guys next week. Be sure to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, Head over to Podbean for the audio podcast, or if you're there, head over to YouTube for the video every Wednesday and Friday, respectively. And once a month, we have a special uh, bonus podcast for our Patreons for $1. This week, uh, we went and saw the Justice League, and we have a review of that coming out on Saturday. Next month, we'll be discussing uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. And, of course, there's all kinds of cool stuff coming out next year. Fucking Infinity War... Uh, Black Panther, Indiana Jones, uh, not Indiana Jones, uh, Indiana. Han, Han Solo, same thing. Same idea. Same, exact same thing. If they do a prequel <laughs> of Indiana Jones, like a young Indiana Jones, and they Indiana just J- use the same guy Indiana that they Jones use for Han Solo. Indiana Jones through space and becomes Han Solo. Okay. They've canonically been the same character. Okay, it's like a Timmy Turner, uh, Jimmy Neutron kind of thing. Let's, let's, let's be clear. If they don't do that <laughs> then that is the definition of a missed opportunity but we'll, we'll get there when we get there and uh, every week we have uh, sometime in the week a special post show coming out on the Patreon <laughs> this week we will be watching some classic cartoons with you guys so look forward to that and we will see you soon thank you so much good night buenas noches four dollars of one gumball love you guys one dollar or four gumballs. <laughs> if you're paying four dollars for your gumballs, you're yeah, be fucking extravagant.